This is the Idea Time Show, Idea Time Show with Dr. Joe North, helping facilitators expand their creativity, confidence, and impact through the power of innovation in action. Gain confidence as a facilitator, confidence with the technology, and confidence with your content and event design. Tune in every week for practical tips, strategies and interviews that will accelerate your personal and business success. And now, here's your host, Dr. Joe North. Hello there, welcome to the first Idea Time podcast of 2021. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're keeping safe and that you've had a good Christmas break and you're feeling raring to go again. Um, I know it's a very different Christmas from normal and it feels like it was ages ago now, but it's really, really good to be here with you. And I've got such a special guest on the show today. I'm going to be introducing you to Catherine Creed in a moment from Angitia. And Catherine is amazing. So full disclosure, Catherine is a qualified hypnotherapist And I'm actually a a client of Catherine's and she has been helping me on a Wednesday evening to relax and get into a place where I can sleep really well. And this lasts for uh, a number of days and she's absolutely fantastic. And I know you're all interested in ideas and innovation. So I thought how brilliant it would be for you to hear from Catherine about how hypnosis works, what it's all about, what it can do for you, and just really explore that. So welcome to you, Catherine. Thank you so much. And thank you for the lovely things that you've said. It's just such a delight to work with you. And I feel so much better for it. And it's the results are showing in the numbers, you know, my blood pressure's lower and all sorts of things. So we'll talk about that going forward. But a big welcome, Catherine. Could you tell us about you and what you do? So what is your business all about? I'm a clinical hypnotherapist, which means that I use the power of hypnosis to connect directly with my client's unconscious minds. Or rather, I should say they connect with their own unconscious minds and I rather act as a tour guide, helping them along the way towards whatever outcomes um, they've decided that they would like. So I see myself as being completely on the same side as my client, if that makes sense. And as we go through life, we're surrounded by different views, different opinions, different agendas from the people who surround us. But my agenda is the same as my client's agenda. And so the most important thing that we do to start with is work out what is it that my client wants, and then I'll help them to get there. And the beauty of hypnosis is that it's so simple, Joe. And I know that you've experienced this yourself um, because it connects directly with our unconscious mind. It can help bring about change incredibly smoothly, quickly, almost effortlessly. In some cases, it would indeed seem too good to be true. So what sort of things do people come to you to have hypnosis for? So what sort of challenges, issues, ambitions, gains do you work with with people? All sorts of things, really. Wherever somebody has a sense that they've tried to bring about a change in themselves, the way they relate to other people, their lives, but they haven't been able to do it quite on their own, not yet. 
So that might be anything. It might be from changing someone's mood, changing their self-confidence, helping them with stress in particular, um, moving beyond anxiety, working with toxins from their past, things that have hurt them in the past, things that have got in the way of them having a really beneficial relationship with themselves, let alone other people. And do you find that it's it's very helpful, particularly for people in business or perhaps people who are working with other people a lot, you know, they might be facilitating sessions or leading different things. It, do you find that it, it can help them with their performance and what they do? Absolutely. So the, the, the better the relationship we have with ourselves, the more clearly we can communicate with ourselves, including our unconscious mind then the more clearly and the more easily our communication can flow with others. It increases creativity, our ability to adapt, which is a crucial one, particularly at this time, our ability to overcome various challenges, our sense of inner resourcefulness. And all of these things are supported and harnessed and nurtured, I suppose, through hypnotherapy. So what is hypnosis or hypnotherapy and how does it work because there might be some people who aren't familiar with it now who are listening to it and thinking it's very woo woo and out there but actually there is some sound science behind it isn't there Um, I mean I know when I did a master's in business administration with the Open University with a specialism in creativity innovation and strategy and we actually went on a creative residential weekend And one of the things we did one evening was learned all about hypnosis and how to self-hypnotize because of the creative benefits. And that was with the Open University in a a world-class master's program. So could you tell us from your perspective, what is it? What are the benefits? But what, what does the science say about hypnosis and hypnotherapy? Well, it was first recognized in the 1950s by the American Medical Association and the British Medical Association as a valuable therapeutic technique. So it's been recognized for quite some time now. The neuroscientists are in fact supporting it more and more. You mentioned self-hypnosis, Joe, and of course that is mindfulness. So all mindfulness is self-hypnosis. And we know how important mindfulness is now. The neuroscience, as I say, is supporting it hugely. The brain changes through hypnosis. Initially, if we we think about the brain, 95% of our brain is the unconscious mind and 5% is the conscious mind. So we have this huge reservoir of self, which is controlling us, influencing us, supporting us, perhaps hijacking us. It can work for us or against us. And the more we have that connection and that contact between the conscious mind and the unconscious mind, and we start to bring the unconscious mind in alliance and on board with what it is that we want consciously, that the smoother our lives will go. So to explain what hypnotherapy is, it's about initially slowing down our brain waves. So to experience hypnosis, the client moves into a state of trance. And essentially what that means is moving from a wakeful state, a wakeful beta state, where our brain is cycling at about 20 cycles a second, slowing it down through the alpha state into perhaps even the theta state, 
And as those brain cycles slow down to about seven cycles a second, then language can access our unconscious mind. And the suggestions that we put there, either directly or through visualizations, can be taken up by our unconscious mind, assimilated by our unconscious mind and accepted. And more and more we're thinking about how our thoughts will inform our reality, that we attract the things that we think about. Going back to the secret, which was all the thing in the noughties, but I think more and more it's become more and more mainstream, how we manifest things with our thoughts. Now, of course, we manifest things with our conscious thoughts, but more accurately, we manifest them with our unconscious thoughts. Mm. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm not a believer with the secret. I don't know if, is it Rhonda Byrne? Have I got the That's name right? right? Yes, yeah, absolutely. But if we ask for something, we will simply get it. It will land in our lap. I think for me, the, the power in that is more about if we focus on something, if we decide what it is we want and we put that as front of mind, then we will take actions. We will spot opportunities more readily for how to achieve those things. And, and that's how things come about. That's, that's my, my personal view. And Joe, I'm with you on that, the importance of co-creating. So indeed, asking for something and then waiting for it to come along is very different from setting a vision, making sure that that vision is in your unconscious mind as much as your conscious mind, focusing on it, and then following your pathway to get there and inventing your own opportunities through yeah. co-creating is that what you're yeah it is yeah. what we focus on we what we think about is where we spend our energy in terms of our actions too so it's, it's just really interesting and that the self-hypnosis that I did all those years many years ago was actually I can't describe it it's, it's sort of if you had to roll your eyeballs upwards <sighs> and sideways yeah backwards uh repeatedly and these different brainwave states are measured aren't they through neuroscience and I think that's why things like concentration music helps you know if you've got a piece of work to do or a piece of thinking putting on um, some music with the right speed that matches your brainwave then you can get yourself into a, a state of focus and flow and concentration which I, I use that a lot and that's also supported by science as well baroque music is actually very good for creativity so they say so it's fascinating stuff I think it's also more and more supported by a lot of the behavioral science research as well and behavioral economics that actually we're not rational beings we're not completely logical analytical beings we use all sorts of heuristics uh, which are shortcuts different ways of thinking and our experiences and we intuit quite a lot of our decisions and then we post justify those decisions with logic afterwards you know so we're not completely logical beings are we no we're not we're not at all and I'd just like to quote something from Bruce Lipton who says our our beliefs control our bodies our minds and thus our lives a lot of science whereby our thoughts are actually shown to translate into our emotions and then our emotions actually have a physiological counterpart so every emotion has a chemical which is it as it were yeah I don't know if you're familiar with the work of Candice Pert and she wrote molecules of emotions in the 90s 
and the neuroscience is phenomenal. It shows that every time we have a feeling, then there is a physiological correspondent to that feeling. So our thoughts create our feelings, our feelings directly affect our bodies in all kinds of ways. And every organ in our body has its ability to, to restore and regenerate it and renew itself. But we need to have the right emotions and the right thoughts that optimize that, that put our bodies chemically in the position where that's optimized mm. so that that can happen. Yeah, through hypnosis, I think I've become a lot more self-aware of emotions on a day-to-day basis. So this is through the work that that you and I have been doing together on those Wednesday evenings. I felt like quite often in the morning, first thing I'd wake up and I'd be thinking about what I'm going to be doing that day, what I'm going to be writing, you know, and, and really straight to it. And in one way, that's really good for productivity and performance. And then it's actually also made me question, is that also a form of anxiety? Why do I need to wake up feeling so um, switched on in the morning, you know? So I've been trying not to be as full on very first thing in the morning and just chill out a little bit and still build on, you know, all the thoughts I've had overnight, if you like, all the things that have been downloading, but just take it a bit steadier and and be a bit kinder to myself in that process. So I think a lot of us aren't always aware of the emotions that we are experiencing moment to moment. And of course, an emotion doesn't have to be a big emotion like deep anxiety or anger or elation. It could be mildly uncomfortable, a bit bored, uh, frustrated. You know, it could be those lower level emotions that repeatedly actually have an impact on the decisions that we make and finally after just on emotions I was also reading that there's a different part of the brain you can tell me if I get this wrong a different part of the brain experiences emotion from uh, the part of the brain that expresses how we feel that emotion and quite often there's a disconnect with language being sufficient to describe how we're feeling so it's all very fascinating I think I'm glad that you mentioned anxiety, Joe, because at the moment, a lot of people understandably are suffering from anxiety and the effects of stress on the body and on the mind are being studied and talked about a lot at the moment. We have the ability to grow new brain cells all the time, neurogenesis. So going back some time, we thought it would just mainly happened in childhood or teenagehood, early adulthood. And the model was that the older we got, our brain cells would die off. And that was that. But that's been shown to be not true, that throughout our lives, we have the ability to grow, to generate brain cells all the time, new brain cells, neurogenesis. And of course, neurogenesis is essential for adaptation, our ability to change, to adapt, to respond to different stresses. Our ability to adapt has been shown over and over again in longitudinal studies to be the key factor in success. We can predict how successful someone's going to be in life by their ability to adapt to change. And for me, the fascinating thing is that stress actually impedes this neurogenesis. So stress releases the hormones, which actually means that neurogenesis is halted. We've, we've known for some time how stress will change the blood flow of your body. It directs it away from the prefrontal cortex. The prefrontal cortex is our ability to think rationally, for decision making, for big picture thinking. Anxiety actually directs our blood flow away from that center of the brain. 
to the anxiety center instead and to our muscles. This is fascinating because I knew that stress had physiological impact on the body, but I didn't know about, I also knew about stress and the amygdala hijack. Uh, So the amygdala hijack, of course, being where Mm. you block out wider information and you have a very narrow focus and of course that sometimes has benefits and sometimes it doesn't have benefits but stress can narrow your focus so you don't always see the bigger picture but I hadn't heard about stress and neurogenesis before and it's really important isn't it that we all look after ourselves and we you know stress isn't a badge of honor it's it's actually something that we need to really consider and reflect on and of course stress is different from person to person so what I might find stressful you might not and vice versa absolutely that's right and of course one reason for that is because of our past experiences and if we've had painful past experiences then we might have a certain trigger that somebody who hasn't had that experience wouldn't have so hypnotherapists experience it then our experiences from our past are all still there in our unconscious mind unless we process them or rewrite them they are there And therefore, as we go forward in life, things can trigger us because they key into our unconscious mind and our previous difficult experiences. And that, again, can cause stress. Yeah, it it sounds like we're we're running some of us uh, old software. So what served us in the past worked well at that time, perhaps, but it doesn't necessarily work as well today. But we're in that pattern. We're in that habit of doing what we used to do. So this can really help people, can't it, with stress and anxiety, but also, you know, in those times where they want to, you know, or need to give a presentation and they might be feeling terrified about presenting or really nervous, you know, those sorts of situations as well, it can can help with those. I mean, that's not something I experience now because I'm presenting all the time. So I actually really look forward to it. But a long time ago, I I used to really dread it. But it can help with overcoming fears, can't it, as well? Yes. And with, for example, a presentation or or a big demanding event ahead of us, as hypnotherapists, we use something called future pacing, which means that we find resources from our client's past, somewhere where they had a tremendous success. And then we use those feelings and carry those wonderful feelings into the present and then into the future so that we are training our unconscious mind that actually it's going to be great and we're going to do so well. And because we believe that, then the stress is lifted so we can think clearly. And then we do, we fulfill our own prophecy, as it were, and we do do really, really well. And there's a technique also called anchoring, again, where we link that to a past really positive experience. For example, we might anchor positive feelings to a stone, a touchstone, in fact, where then when we touch that stone or or even a, when we tug on our ear or whatever we'd like, it will release this these positive emotions with the positive physiological effects that yeah. they have on the body in that moment to support us in what we want to do. You know, and the thing is, we can use our creative subconscious in so many powerful ways to perform better, to help more people, to be, you know, to be more at peace, and happy within ourselves and achieve what we want to achieve for ourselves as well. What you were talking about with future pacing, I have a client who, and he's a former professional athlete. He's been at Great Britain level and he's done TED Talks and he he calls that strategic rehearsal, 
where mm-hmm. you're you're thinking about things you know in the future and going over and you know imagining that possibility it's certainly a technique used by many many athletes and all of this of course without any hard work because all you have to do is lie down listen to you close your eyes and just be in a deep state of relaxation. I think sometimes the word trance sounds quite, to me, it sounds quite sort of Victorian, um, you know, and a bit scary, but it's not. It's a deep state of relaxation. And then come out of that deep state of relaxation, feeling super refreshed. It's a very relaxing and invigorating process at the same time. So I mean, what can people expect? Because you've done brilliantly in pivoting your business model now. So you're working via Zoom, aren't you? And it works brilliantly for me. I mean, firstly, I don't have to go anywhere. I'm super comfortable with Zoom anyway. I know not everybody is, but it feels, it just feels like we're in the same room together. And we have our sort of chats, don't we, initially in terms of what's going on and where I might like to focus. And then what you are amazing at is tailoring the whole experience So it's very, very bespoke, very customised for me and for me as a person, but also for me in terms of what I'm looking to achieve. When I'm in deep relaxation, what are you doing? What's actually happening from the hypnotherapist's point of view? Well, I'm watching very carefully, Joe, to your physiological responses so that I know how deeply relaxed you are, uh, using that trance word again, but it's... um, It's about me watching very carefully uh, to to work out what level of trance you are, how relaxed are you, have you gone into theta state, because it doesn't have to be a deep trance, but sometimes the deeper the trance, then the greater the uptake of the suggestions that I'll make or suggestions that you will give yourself for your unconscious mind. So the, the freer the flow, I suppose, of communication between your conscious mind and your unconscious mind tuning in with with you and especially with your breathing. Breathing in fact is is one of the most amazing ways that we have of communicating with our bodies and our unconscious minds. So for example, the anxiety center of our mind is constantly monitoring our breathing. And the reason it's doing that is because it takes our breathing as the cue for whether or not there's a danger. So if you think about it, um, you know, if we saw a saber-toothed tiger, the first thing we would do is gasp. <laughs> the first thing it does is interrupt our breathing. That is the response to anything which scares us. And our anxiety center is on the lookout for that the whole time. And as soon as our breathing becomes irregular, uh, gaspy, then our anxiety center says, oh, oh, oh we, we have a danger, quick release the adrenaline, release the cortisol, take the blood to the muscles away from the prefrontal cortex. Come on, we've got a danger here, let's sort it out. One of the most beneficial things that we can do is use our breathing to tell our anxiety center, no, actually everything's great. I'm in a calm, relaxed state. You can continue, you know, body, please regenerate, renew, refresh, relax. Neurogenesis, here we go. We're having a lovely time because everything is safe. Blood flow strong to the prefrontal cortex. We can create, we can adapt, all those wonderful things, Joe. And the way we tell our body to do that, to be in that positive healing state, that creative state, is through our breathing. It's one really strong way. So whenever we breathe slowly and deeply, we're telling our brains, our bodies, everything's good, everything's okay. So we can do all the beneficial things for us. It's quite remarkable. It's so simple. 
It is. And if you're listening, you know, I'd love to know as well, are you using breathing? Do you use it when you're about to give a presentation or perhaps you've got a big workshop you're going to facilitate and you might be feeling a bit, you know, nervous about how it's going to go? Do you use breathing to get into a really good place? Um, I know I do. I always try and have a few minutes before I go live. I've got a little pre-go live routine that I use and it just gets my head into the right place you know the, the the good place the creative place the performance place instead of feeling anxious but you're right breathing is is so is so powerful and when people are in the state of deep relaxation and you're you're working with them in that state what level of free will does a person in who's having hypnosis experience we've all seen the stage hypnosis and how horrifying that is and somebody said that stage hypnosis to hypnotherapy is what darts is to acupuncture which I think is a rather lovely comparison. That's great. I love that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yes. Well, the first thing that's very important to understand is that the client is completely in control the whole time. So it's been shown not to be possible to put in suggestions for the therapist to put in suggestions that the client doesn't wish to accept on a deep level of values. And um, you're aware all the time of everything that's said. And at any time that you want, you can awaken, as it were, you can bring yourself out of trance. A nice way to describe trance, I think, is, um, you know, on a Sunday morning and you're, you're lying in bed and you're half awake and you're half asleep and you're on the mattress. You're not quite sure where your body ends, and your mattress begins and you're just drifting and having the most lovely time. And you know that, you know, if the dog barked and needed to go out or the children called you, you know that you could be up in a flash if you are needed. So you, 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 you know that your awareness is there to the, to the rest of the world if you need it to be, but you're just drifting and floating. And I, I think that's a good um, comparison and all experiences during the hypnotherapy. Um, and yes, you, you will not, your unconscious mind will not take on anything which is contrary to your values. And I really look forward to my sessions. So you and I meet via Zoom, don't we, on a Wednesday night eight o'clock you know I, I work really hard I love what I do and sometimes find it quite hard to, to switch off and relax and and as we've been discussing today that has quite a physiological impact so I just think that midweek treat if you like is, mm. is doing me so much good around um, sleep and how I'm feeling and mental clarity and, and all of those things so it really is a treat it's it's something uh that I really look forward to and, and you make it such a, a very as I say a very customized experience and how are you finding that people are responding to doing it on zoom then is is it just you know because I because we've only ever met on zoom haven't we we've never actually met in person because of covid but are you finding that people who've experienced both ways are they feeling comfortable with zoom as well well initially some of my clients who I see in person you know were a little bit skeptical of, of zoom but within a session, they're saying, you know what, Catherine, it's fine. In fact, it's rather nice because I'm at home. I can be completely relaxed. I don't then need to travel home afterwards. And they feel just as connected to me as if they're meeting me in person, which is wonderful. Yeah. And I think it has the advantage that, you know, people, they are at home. They can be in their very comfortable place. You know, change is about moving out of what you're familiar with. 
And I think the best place to do that is within an environment which is very familiar, if that makes sense. So, you know, they're relaxing in their favourite chair in their living room or whatever, or lying out on the sofa. And I can anchor to that deep relaxation and the outcomes that they want to achieve so that then during the week or between sessions, they can get back on that sofa, lie down again. And it's really very easy for them to slip back into that healing therapeutic state. Yeah, I'm just working with so many business owners who are finding, you know, the extended lockdowns and everything, you know, lockdown 3.0 for listeners here in the UK. But I know you're listening from around the world as well and experiencing different things. But it really does help because it just helps with clarity of thinking and, and health and well-being overall. So if somebody is listening and is thinking, actually, I'd like to try that, but I'm not sure. I'm, I might, you know, might be feeling a bit nervous about it or what would you recommend to someone who wants to give it a go but you know just just doesn't quite know if it's for them what would you recommend well I'd be so pleased to talk to them Joe. so I'd be so pleased if they got in contact perhaps through my website or by emailing me directly and I think maybe the best place to start is for us just to have a chat over zoom so rapport is incredibly important it, it is essential that whoever is thinking of hypnotherapy, feels confident and relaxed about it, feels they have a full understanding of it before they, they try it out, you know, because that rapport and that trust and that confidence, those are the things which make it effective. So for me, it is really worthwhile to take the time to talk with somebody and, and make sure that they are at ease and make sure that they feel excited and pleased to, to give this a go. So you've mentioned your website. So I know you've been working on a new website. So what is it? Give us the website address and also how best to contact you. Well, thank you, Joe. So my website outlines the different therapies that I offer. And the address is www.angetia.co.uk. And there's a contact form on that. And anybody who'd like to complete it, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. And as I say, I'm always really delighted to talk to people about hypnotherapy. Yeah, I could talk about it all the time, every day. So, uh, yes, just please do get in touch and we can have a chat. Fantastic. And that's and www.angitia is spelt A-N-G-I-T-I-A dot co dot UK. And I'll also put a link to that down in the show notes just underneath the podcast as well well that sounds wonderful thank you so much I'm looking forward to my next session on Wednesday Catherine and I've learned so much neurogenesis and uh, more about hypnotherapy and hypnosis and our brains are wonderful wonderful creations and I think they can do so much more for us I think it's just a really lovely way to access all the resources we've got within us and to feel better, do more, and also help more people. So I hope you've enjoyed the show. Catherine, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, and I'll see you on Wednesday. To everyone else, I'll be back with the podcast next week. I'll see you then. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to the Idea Time Show, brought to you by Dr. Joe North. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and access more completely free resources at bigbangpartnership.co.uk forward slash resources. We'll see you next time.